I did hear a story about a guy named Pete who got a job as a switchman with the railroad company. He had a few weeks of training, and finally the day came as the supervisor takes him into the switch booth and tests his readiness for the job to be uh, on his own. And so the following conversation took place. The supervisor said to Pete, said, Pete, imagine you were standing here alone, and you learned that there was a train coming on the northbound track right there. Uh, he was, or actually southbound track, but he was coming from the north. And then there was another train that was on the same track and he was coming from the south. What would you do? And Pete said, I'd throw that switch right there and put one train on the other track. The supervisor said, okay, what if that switch didn't work? Pete said, well, I'd go down to the track and I'd throw that big lever that's down there and manually do it down by the track. And the Supervisor said, well, what if that switch didn't work? He said, well, then I would come back to the booth and I would call the dispatcher to stop both trains. He said, well, what if the phone didn't work? He said, well, then I'd go across the street to the gas station and use their phone. The supervisor said, what if their phone didn't work? He said, well, then I'd go get Uncle Joe. Supervisor said, Uncle Joe, what in the world would Uncle Joe do? He said, absolutely nothing, but he ain't never seen a train wreck. Uh, <laughs> We're in our third week of this series that we're calling Trainwreck, and, and while some of you are probably like Uncle Joe, you ain't never seen a real train wreck, uh, but uh, metaphorically speaking, uh, you've, you've seen them. Maybe you've experienced them, maybe in your own life, because we know that sometimes, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, our families can be a train wreck, as Kendall talked about uh, so well last week. Our schedules can be a train wreck. Today, we're moving into another important area of our lives that I think we need to talk about, and that is how the fact that our jobs can sometimes be a train wreck. They can be a little bit out of control. They can be a little bit, uh, they can be a little bit messy. They can be discouraged. They can be absolutely burdensome. And I'm not just talking about those who have a nine to five or, or uh, those who serve at a church uh, like we get the opportunity uh, to do. Uh, but I believe that the Bible is saying no, no matter what it is, he's called each of us to do uh, some type of work. And that work that we do needs to have some kind of why behind it. It's not just to, to work because that's what you're supposed to do. It's to work because there's, there's a reason. There's a reason why God instituted this. And, and I think I can prove it from the book of Genesis. Today I want to go all the way back to the very beginning of the Bible. And it's chapter 1, verse 1. And we'll put it on the screen. And I want you to read it out loud with me from the screen or from your Bible. Or you might probably, a lot of you know it by heart. Okay, so here we go. In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The very first sentence in the Bible, we see a verb here that is used that described what God was up to, what God set into motion. The writer says God created the heavens and the earth. He, he put something into motion here that I think provides a model for us to emulate so that we can... Uh, See how it's supposed to be done. Incredibly, here's the cool thing. God starts out this working process. And Kendall talked about the need for the Sabbath last week. But, but those other days where we're supposed to be working... That's what God was doing, these six days of creation. He, he provided a model for us to follow. And he incredibly, he invites us humans, all of us, to, to join him in this work, right? Not in creating 
the world, but, but to join him in this work that he started when he created the world. You know, he's already doing this way. He created the world, but then he's been doing stuff all along. It's not like he just created the world and he sits back from a distance and let it go. There's another work that's going on that he wants us to be a part of. And I think this is a crucial point we've got to understand when it comes to our jobs, when we feel like our jobs are a train wreck, when we feel like we just can't go on and we don't even want to work anymore. We need to understand there's a purpose for why God has called us to work. And the first reason is this. Our job is to join with God in our work, whatever it is that we're doing. I think back to when I started working uh, as a young man. My first job was a paper route. Anybody with me on that? Do they even, they don't even have many paper routes anymore. Everything's kind of digital. There's a few that still go out there and, and uh, deliver the hard copy. But that was my first, that was my first, uh, my first job. Then I moved on to help deliver TVs and appliances. That was a treat. Uh, and, and we were, we were uh, installing satellite dishes too. And they weren't just the, not, not like the satellite dishes we see now that's, you know, just itty bitty things. These were, remember the ginormous ones that like took up half of your backyard, you know, that you could probably launch the space shuttle with? Those were the, those were the kinds of satellite dishes that we were installing. And I did that for a very short time. I worked at Kroger for a little bit, I worked at People's Drugstore. I couldn't find anything I could do well, that's for sure. And, and I worked at a men's clothing store, uh, and then I was a department manager. Now, don't laugh at this, but I was a department manager at Walmart over hardware. That's hysterical if you really stop and think about what I'm able to do. Uh, I worked at Great Dane Trailers for a while, building semi-trailers, went back to the men's clothing store, managed it for a little while, and not one time in all of those jobs that I've ever had did I think, did it even enter into my mind that it's an opportunity for me to join with God in the work that he's doing all over the world. See, he puts us in unique circumstances. He puts us in unique positions that allow us to do his work in the work that we are doing. Maybe you can relate to that because... Maybe you've struggled in your job thinking, I, this, man, this just seems so dead end. This seems so mundane. This seems like such a waste of time. And you don't see any way how God could possibly use your situation, your job to make a difference or make an impact. But let me tell you, He can use any situation. Maybe you experience constant conflict with your coworkers. Don't amen that, Lauren. Um, and, and, and even your superiors, all right? But look at what God does. Just after he creates the world, just, like, just after he creates human beings like us, in Genesis chapter 2.15, the Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over him. Did you catch that? The very first thing that he does, after he creates the heavens and the earth, he puts something into motion, and that is he created mankind, and he motions to us, I've got work for you to do. There's something that I need you to do. Part of that is the curse. Part of it is we had to start working because of what Adam and Eve did in the garden. But then he took even that bad situation. What Again, it's just evidence of that God's word is true. That what Satan intended for, for harm, God used for good. And so he takes that situation. He says, I want you to join me in the work that I'm already doing. And maybe today some of you are sitting out there and you think, this is exactly what I need to hear today. 
Maybe there are some of you that are just really struggling in your job right now. You just, you just don't, you're, already, you're already looking at your watch and thinking, man, only 12 more hours and I've got to be at work or whatever. You know, I don't know. I don't know what you do on the weekends. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I want you to know that, that uh, if you take the attitude of you're joining him in work, um, it's going to change things. There might be some of you that are, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. You're trying to manage everything. You're trying to, you know, you're trying to manage all of your, your kids and, and all your kids have got different schedules and you're trying to raise your husband. And, uh, um, you know, um, you, you're losing your patience daily. Today, be encouraged that there is nothing more important that you can be doing than having an impact on your kids' lives. In fact, he's working in each of your children's lives even when you can't see it. He's working through the countless hours you put in when you sit back and you think, well, no one even appreciates what I'm doing. God appreciates it. Your children appreciate it. Appreciate it for sure. Your husband appreciates it even if it doesn't act like it sometimes. Your job is to join God in the work that He wants to do in your family. Become a faithful and joyous steward of what He has entrusted to you. But here's the reality. No matter what your job is, I look around the congregation, I see factory workers, I see teachers, I see first responders, lawyers, office workers, ministry workers, health care workers, all kinds of different uh, positions out there. Here's the reality. No matter what your job is, Sometimes it's difficult to live out what God wants us to do in our jobs. Amen? There's distractions that get in the way. There are endless points of comparison all around us. I don't know if any of you play this game or not, but even in ministry, I've been guilty of this sometimes, comparing what I'm doing uh, to what other churches are doing or what other ministers are doing. So there's all these comparisons around us. There's, there's frustration with co-workers along the way. Again, nothing from the front row over here. Nothing ever seems to go as planned in your job sometimes. And sometimes dealing with it is very, very, uh, it's overwhelming. It's, it's difficult. And this is why we've got we've to ask ourselves every day when we get up, we've got to ask ourselves a very important question. Where do you find your fulfillment? Where can we find our fulfillment in work? That's a question we need to answer ourselves. And when things get, get really difficult, this is a question we've got to come back to because here's what we're guilty of think, sometimes. And I think, I think guys probably do this more than women do for some reason, but a lot of times our identity is tied to what we do. You know? It's real easy for us to do that, to place our identity in the things that we do instead of who God Says we are. And again, Spencer, I'm glad you were listening to the Holy Spirit this week because that, that song, Who You Say I Am. Don't worry about what people around you are saying or what the critics are saying. Understand who God says you are. And maybe, maybe you don't deal with that, but I'm going to guess most of us do at times. 
Maybe you notice from the Genesis account the following statement that I found, and it wasn't, this isn't from the Bible, and uh, it, it's a quote that I found this week. Originally, uh, it was, uh, I couldn't find out who did it, and I did a little more searching, and I found out that, uh, and, and don't, don't throw anything at me, but it's a quote from the Dalai Lama, uh, and uh, I don't normally quote the Dalai Lama in a sermon, uh, but it's true what he says, God makes us human beings, not human doings. Think about that for a minute. Though we are made to work in some form or fashion, God desires that we receive fulfillment from the work that we do. However, there are times, there are seasons in our lives when we're working for other reasons and we don't find that fulfillment. Has anybody ever been there where you're just in your job and maybe you've jumped from one job to the next and you're just not finding any fulfillment in your work and maybe the reason that you jumped to the job you jumped to was not a good reason? I remember when I was working in that store downtown Brazil, Life Fights Menswear. I really liked working for Jack. Jack was an awesome dude. Uh, he was the owner. I liked the work that I did. He was a great guy. Uh, but I wasn't exactly making a lot of cash, all right, in downtown Brazil working in a men's clothing store. So I left there and I took a job working at Great Dane Trailers, building semi-trailers. And at first it was great. Everybody was really friendly, even the bosses and the supervisors, they were fantastic. I was making a lot more money than I'd ever made before. In one 10-hour shift, we were only making about four trailers in 10 hours. And so what we would do is we would work for a little while and we'd goof around for a little while. I'm thinking, this is great, right? What I didn't realize was that the environment was a lot lighter there at that particular time because the workers at the factory were trying to get a union into the factory and corporate didn't want the union so what corporate did was they hired a bunch of us young guys they treated us like royalty for a few months so that we would side with them and say this isn't a bad place already and then when the vote came to see if we were going to get the union in or not they wanted all of us guys to vote no for the union right so they had the vote the union was voted down shortly thereafter I learned what the job was really like We went from building four trailers in 10 hours to 10 trailers in 10 hours. All of a sudden, it wasn't as much fun as it used to be. All of a sudden, corporate and the supervisors and what we called white hats, they weren't nearly as cool as I thought they were. And for some reason, you catch one little trailer on fire and you're not cut out to do that job anymore. It was just one trailer, right? I mean, in all honesty, I was totally fine with the fact that I put caulking where it wasn't supposed to go. And then whenever they welded the fifth wheel to the the trailer on down the line, it caught the caulking on fire and went right up the side of the trailer. And I was out of there. Uh, Didn't get fired, but there was there was a layoff and I was one of them and, and I was good with that. But I didn't understand at the tender age of 21 that God had placed me right in the middle of a mission field. And I blew it. I was concerned about working conditions. I was concerned about being dirty. I was concerned about all of my co-workers who just had absolutely filthy mouths and, and, and their morality was completely out the window. I didn't, I didn't pay any attention to the fact that God had put me in the middle 
of a mission field and I was too concerned with myself and my own comfort and everything that I thought I wanted to do to see that God had given me an opportunity to win the lost. And so when I got laid off, I hightailed it back to the men's clothing store. And as I'm talking to Jack, he said, well, now, Ron, he said, I'd kind of like you to manage this place. He said, uh, he said, what would it take for you to stay here when Great Dane calls you back? He says, give me a ballpark figure. I said, Jack, you don't even have to get in the ballpark. You get in the parking lot of the ballpark and I'm going to stay. There's no question about that. No. Here's the deal. The only reason I took that job at Great Dane was more money, more benefits, the grass is greener, and that's it. And those things aren't bad in and of themselves, but I certainly wasn't taking into consideration the fulfillment that I could find in work if I used that job to be light. Now, if I just had the attitude that I get to partner with God, I get the opportunity to partner with God, who set this whole work thing into place in the, in the first place. Again, these things we receive in our jobs, they're, they're not bad in and of themselves, but, but are we expecting to get something from them that they really can't fully give us forever anyway? You know, I mean, we're looking for fulfillment in the things our jobs can give us. We want vacation time, we want raises, we want benefits, retirement insurance, and those are great. Again, you know, the ability to work from home, that's pretty cool. But did you ever stop and think, these, all these things that we want out of our jobs are temporary. And they can disappear from the equation in the snap of a finger. And the Bible tells us many crucial things. Uh, but, but in John chapter 4, we're, we're given a statement from Jesus himself. God in the flesh in regard to where he finds fulfillment. How he finds fulfillment. Because Jesus was both God and he was human. And so he found fulfillment in this. Listen. Chapter 4 verse 34. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. Get that? That's where Jesus found his fulfillment, was in doing the Father's work. And that's where our nourishment, that's where our fulfillment should come from. It should never be in these worldly things that are sometimes dangled in our, in our way. And again, don't, don't think that I'm saying those things are bad because everybody, you know, they want more money, they want good retirement, they want good health insurance, and there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the deal. Our fulfillment was never meant to come from worldly things. Our fulfillment was never meant to come from worldly achievements. All of the accolades that you might receive in your job over the years, those, those, someday those are going to fade away. And so we need to put our hope and we need to put our trust in doing the will of God because that's something that's never going to fade away. I believe that time and time again in Scripture, God is reminding us of statements like this from Jesus. Find nourishment in doing the work of God. Or statements like this. He said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. How many of you have noticed the, uh, the employee shortage all over the place now, right? Like you go into a restaurant. Stacy and I went into a restaurant uh, 
couple of weeks ago, and, and they had one server and one cook in the restaurant. And we were in there for about two hours. And I can't believe we sit there and waited for a grilled tenderloin sandwich. You know, it, it, and uh, the workers are few. We're seeing it right now in, in the workplace. But let me tell you something. The workers are even fewer in the kingdom of God. You know how I know that? Because this place would be full if the workers were doing what the workers should be doing in the kingdom of God. Our churches in this community, our churches all over the world would be full if those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus Christ bought into what he's asking us to partner with him in. These statements, harvest is great, workers are few, find nourishment in finishing his work. They remind us there is so much work to be done. And he's calling us to use our gifts. He's calling us to use our talents and our jobs to be involved in his purpose and his plan. And we should count that as an absolute privilege that he loves us enough, that he trusts us enough to partner with him in this. There's one final thing I'd like to say to you today uh, concerning this, and, and, and it's this. When it comes to finding peace, when it comes to finding joy, when it comes to finding focus, when our jobs are a train wreck, understand we've been given this task of doing kingdom work. Those are our marching orders. Honestly, as a Christian, it's really not optional. Have you ever worked in a job where like, you're told you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, Right? As a Christian, God isn't that forceful, but he does say, listen, if you believe in me, it's your job to share the good news. Right? It's one thing to work for God. It's another thing to work with God. And seemingly, simultaneously, God is calling you to do both. He says, listen, I want you to work for me, and I want you to work with me, and I've got great things that I want you to do. And I'm going to be with you every step of the way. Don't worry about what you're going to do. Don't worry about what you're going to say. Just trust me and everything's going to be okay. You might be familiar with the life and ministry of the Apostle Paul all throughout the New Testament. He started off, he was persecuting Christians and then he had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. Everything changed in his life. He went from, from killing Christians and, and, and seeing to the overkilling of Christians to sharing the gospel message with thousands of people and now millions of people down through the centuries have become Christians because of the Apostle Paul. The early church expanded, and we're here today because Paul was faithful to what God was calling him to do. Towards the end of his life on this earth, Paul says something very profound in the book of Acts. Listen to this uh, about the job he's doing. Here's what he says, Acts chapter 20, verses 22 through 24. And now I am bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me. Except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work 
assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. What a statement that is. Paul understood that when he signed up to follow Jesus, that there was going to be work for him along the way. In a similar way, I believe God is still in the business of assigning work to people like you and people like me. Those of us who have surrendered to the call of Jesus on our lives. He'll give you work to do that aligns sometimes with the job that pays you. Sometimes you can intertwine these things into your job. But ultimately, even if you're not able to do it in your job, I mean, if there's just, and I know we're, in, we're living in a day and age now where it's different than it's ever been, and sometimes sharing your faith in the workplace, it's going to get you in a lot of trouble. I understand that. But you can be an example as well. You don't necessarily have to be a Bible thumper, but you live your life in such a way that those people around you that you work with, they see the difference, and they're going to come to you, and they're going to ask. Ultimately, this work that we are assigned is kingdom work. Everything that we do. There is a higher purpose to every single thing that we do. No matter how mundane, no matter how boring it may feel, you are called to be an ambassador of reconciliation. What does that mean? It's our job to reconcile the lost. To a saving God. Now for some of you in this room. This is a good reminder. It's a good encouragement for you. To stay the course. Remember your calling. For others. It might be a call to begin this journey. To surrender control of your life. To choose to follow Jesus. I've shared this with you many times before. I remember vividly the day I was born, 12 years old, at Egloss Lake, just outside of Brazil. That began my walk with Christ. However, it wasn't until later on, 10 years later to be exact, that I clearly heard the Lord say to me, I've got something else in store for you. There's something else I want you to to do. I remember being at Eastside Christian Church and Pastor George Hewitt standing up and saying, have you surrendered everything to Christ? And I hadn't. I was hanging on to some things of my own. And I remember at the invitation, we sang the song, I surrender all. And I had only surrendered some. I hadn't surrendered all. And that day I made a decision. And there's been a few times in my life that I've wondered, what if I would have treated those other jobs that I had like God wanted me to treat those jobs that I had? You know? I go back and I second guess myself. Would I still be working at Great Dame? Would I, you know, would I uh, still be at Walmart? I don't know. There's just so many different things, you know. Um, where would I be now? I don't know if he'd have called me to preach or not. I think he would have, but here's what. I know he wanted me to do while I was working those jobs is he wanted me to make a difference. And I do know that every single job that I did, whether it was paper boy, appliances, selling men's clothes, building trailers, 
back to men's clothes. Every single job that I did, God was using those experiences to train me, to mold me, to shape me, to get ready for the day when he said, I'm going to use you to minister full time, not just in the job that you've been doing nine to five, but I'm gonna, I, I got something else for you to do. And when I finally did surrender my will to his, then my vision for my life became so much clearer. And, and I don't want to scare you that if you stand up here today and you said, I'm going to surrender everything to him today, I'm not going to say he's going to call you to be a preacher. So I don't want to scare you into that. Don't, don't think that, but but I do know that when you surrender everything to him, his will for your life becomes a whole lot clearer. And the invitation of Christ for all of us is much more than just everlasting life, even though that's incredible. Can't wait. It's also an empowered life here and now. All of our lives should be all for Jesus. And I know that there's, um, there's a lot of different perspectives in the room this morning, I know, regarding work. I know some of you have been working hard, you've been providing, you're doing good, you're doing noble work. It's not what you love, but you're putting food on the table and you're providing for your family, roof over your head. There are some of you here today don't have a job. Some of you don't have a traditional job. So it might be hard to find what this was even about for you today. It's hard to apply some of this to what you're what I'm talking about today. So if that's you, here's what I would say. You are called to join in with the work God is already doing in the world. So if you're sitting out there and you don't have a job or you're retired, man, how free you are to really get busy for doing the work of God. And the beauty of it is this. Anyone, whether it's a traditional vocation, whether you're not working at all, anybody, can participate in the kingdom of God. Find somebody who needs encouragement this week. Find somebody who needs some help. Find somebody that's just really down and out. And you know you could be the hands and feet of Jesus. Remember, you are God's beloved son or daughter. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus as you run the race of life. Make sure you keep going back to Him when you need to find nourishment. Don't try to find it in other things. And remember, when you join in God's work, you are entering into a sacred and fulfilling calling for your life. You are joining with Him in the purposes for His kingdom. All of life is all for Him. Can we just say that together? Repeat it after me. All of life is all for Him. All of life is all for Him. Every vocation, every calling, all of it. And remember, you're a human being created in the image of God, not a human doing As the worship team comes, I want to close with this story. In the early 1990s, President George Bush had John Sununu as his White House Chief of Staff. A reporter asked Sununu one time if his job was difficult, and Sununu answered very quickly, no, 
And the reporter thought Sununu maybe misunderstood the question, so he asked again, and he got the same reply. And Sununu, who was the former governor of New Hampshire, he explained why he felt that his job for President Bush was easy. He said, I only have one constituent. My job is only to please the president. Your job, my job, is very simple. The only job we have is to please the Father. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And if you've never made the decision to follow Christ, that's where it starts. Or maybe you've made that decision, but you haven't exactly joined Him in this journey. Maybe you have not surrendered all. I'm going to stand up here and I'm going to uh, do my best George Hewitt impersonation from Eastside Christian Church in Brazil, Indiana and ask you, have you surrendered everything to Him? If not, why not? Let's pray.